Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Above Replacement, the best baseball podcast to grace your ears today. I am your host, Alex Clark, joined, as always, by the never-fallible, but slightly impractical, Ryan Splashpots and Matthias Altman Kurosaki Mac. My main men, how are we doing? It is the last show that we are recording before Christmas. So again, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to all the people listening. But fellas, how are we doing on this fine Monday recording? So Alex, you called me impractical. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, sorry that my practical world doesn't have 17 World Series in 17 years for your Mariners. Uh, oh look at that's why I will say that one was a hundred percent hit propped off the spot. Yeah, I, I I could tell. Uh, I got stuck in an elevator earlier today, but uh, other than that, I'm doing fine. Yeah, I was. Uh, it caught me completely. Off. I've I've lived in my apartment building for uh, we're coming up on twenty three years, and I'd never been stuck in the elevator. And uh, today I got stuck in the elevator, so that happened. But other than that, I'm I'm doing well. The Mets introduced Kodai Senga today, so that was that was great. He had a little statement prepared and. Uh, yeah, uh, life's good. My siblings come home this week, so that's going to be fun. Getting caught in an elevator sounds like a skill issue there, Mac. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm doing all right here myself right now. I'm a little little bored, a surprise. I never thought that in Jerry's world I'd be bored, but kind of am overall. But honestly, it's all right because there's been a lot of big deals going on in baseball. The number one big story here though is the shortstops as two major shortstops have now decided on where they will be spending a significant amount of time we'll start with the former houston astro former minnesota twin in carlos correa who now will be playing for a new team this year as carlos correa has inked a huge 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 deal here and now it makes it a little bit, a little bit more interesting as he signs with the Giants for 13 years. 13 years, well over 300 million. Guys, this right now was one of the biggest stories going into the offseason, especially now that Aaron Judge is already locked in going back to the Yankees. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Correa signing a huge deal with the Giants. So one of the trends of the offseason has been these mega deals in terms of length that the average annual value is a little bit lower than you might expect for a player like Correa, who is coming off a season that he made $35.1 million with the Minnesota Twins. So you'd think, okay, he's going to get $35 million a year and get like a 10-year, $350 million deal. But, you know, he takes a little bit, um, takes a little bit in terms of the AAV value, takes a little bit of that out. Um, and adds a couple more years, and you can <clears throat> see the same trend with other shortstops in the market. But when Correa has been on the field, he has been one of the best, if not the single best shortstop in Major League Baseball. Um, he's accumulated a 39.5 baseball reference war in eight seasons, which isn't insane. It's only about five per season. But you consider how many games a year he's missing. And, you know, his... Um, on average, right, he has played 111 games a season. Now, the COVID year takes some of that out. So he's averaging, you know, five, five war, you know, per year in 111 games. And he's a generally good fielder. He won the gold glove last year. I didn't think he deserved it, but has been a generally solid fielder. And it is one of the best hitting shortstops in the league, a career 129 OPS plus does have a couple of those down years, especially the COVID year, only a 93 OPS plus, but the last two seasons mashed in Houston was an all-star in 2021 mashed in Minnesota, 48 doubles, 58 doubles, 48 home runs over the last two seasons. Just a really good player. I think he's going to age well. Um, you can move him to third base. I think he has the arm strength to play third base. So if you're age 31, age 32 season, um, sort of like the Brandon Crawford treatment because Crawford's moving over, I believe, moving over to third this season. Um, so I, I think you're going to get some solid uh, – the Giants should get some solid value assuming Correa has some semblance of health. And the last two years he's played at least 135 games, so trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, I did not expect him to get a 13-year contract. You know, considering his last contract 
he was only set to be three years max and he opted out after the first year. I was fully expecting him to take sort of a no longer than I'd say seven or eight years with an opt out. But this one is a 13 year contract with no opt out, full no trade clause as well. And you, you mentioned the AAV. I mean, he goes from making 35 million a year to making just under 27 million a year, which I think is great value. I understand you know, 13 years is a very long time. Personally, I would not give anyone a 13-year contract. But given the value, I mean, it almost makes me feel that, you know, the Phillies maybe were ahead of their time when they gave Harper that contract, 13 years, $330 million. Uh, And I remember I was skeptical on the Harper contract, and I will gladly take my L on that because it's played out very well. Uh, I think Correa is a great shortstop. You know, another year – 5.4 war in 136 games. That's a great rate. Uh, you know, we saw him play 148 games in 2021. He has 7.2 war. He's consistently, I'd say, a 6-7 win player per 162. I know his 162 game average is 7.2. So for that value, that is that is great value, actually. Very strong defender, up to 20 defensive runs saved in 2021. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot, I would say. You no know, career 20.5% K rate. Draws a decent amount of walks, hits the ball decently well. Can hit for power. He can hit for average. He's basically a five-tool player. He even runs kind of well. He doesn't steal bases, but he runs kind of well. So I think overall this is a great signing for the Giants. Uh, I understand that they maybe won't quite catch up to the Dodgers or the Padres this year, but they're trending in the right direction, especially with moving Crawford to third base, and they have their shortstop of the future. So I like I like this deal for both sides, actually. See, I'm a little bit on the opposite end here. I think that Carlos Correa is a very good baseball player, but honestly, I don't think I like the deal as much just because I do think personally that Correa is a little bit overhyped. I think he is a good ball player. He's definitely one of the best shortstops in baseball, but a lot of people tout him as the number one guy. And honestly, I don't. I don't put him anywhere near. I Honestly, he's in my top three, top three shortstops in baseball. Right now, I would say. And honestly, the Astros, I think they did an amazing job of replacing him as Jeremy Pena has already shown to be very good. And it showed that they didn't need to overspend to keep Correa. And with the Twins on your point there, you said a little bit there, Mac. Um, the the Twins only gave him that three-year deal because they knew they knew they wanted him for this year, trying to do a bit of a win-now move because they knew that Correa was trying to get the mega deal and just didn't get it. And he needed to have a good year in order to kind of do that. And you know what? He did have a pretty darn good year. 140 OPS plus in 2022, over 136 games. Here, striking out only 121 times, which isn't honestly that bad. It's a little high for his career, but not that bad. Still at a batting average of just shy of 300 and an OPS of 834. That's right at about his career average. It's negligible how close it is. In fact, it's 836 for his total eight-year career. But, I mean, here's my thing when it comes to Correa, is that you're going to be paying him now all the way up until he's 40, 41 years old. And I think that for what he is, he is a physical specimen. Like watching him, he is a big dude that is able to do really everything. Defensively, I have a little bit of concerns when it comes to him overall. Looking at the standard fielding for him, honestly, it doesn't read a whole lot of bad. I mean, he has a fielding percentage of 981, which honestly, I'll take that. Especially with the kind of bat that you're getting. But for... 13 years. I'm always going to be wary of the longer deals. Like, I honestly, to be fair, as much as I praised the Julio Rodriguez one, I still have my wares about it. Because if something goes wrong, then, you know what, now you just wasted a lot of money. But with Correa, I don't know. Something about this deal screams almost panic for the Giants. Because right now, they, they were heavy on trying to get Aaron Judge away from New York, and it just didn't happen. And so they filled their Aaron Judge idea. Um, they pulled the trigger on, on that by si- signing away my boy Mitch Haniger. So now they're just trying to keep playing more and more add-on, and I don't think Correa is the move, especially with how much of a commitment you're having to make to him. I hope it works out well, because I don't like wishing failure on anyone, even Astros players during 2017. I don't even wish failure on that. But... Right now, looking at this right now, there are definitely warning signs. One of the other bits with it here is that as you watch him play, he only has two like two real accolades to him. He won Rookie of the Year in 2015, which, you know what? Good for him. 
did well in the in those 99 games. He has one golden glove and he uh and two all-star appearances and has been in MVP in the MVP voting three times in his career. So it's a little more than two, but there's only a couple things I really wanted to highlight on that. I thought I'd read everything out on it. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of accolades. And I know that accolades aren't always the number one thing when it comes to players, but I watch I've watched his career a lot, especially as a Mariner fan. And there's something about Korea that when I watch him play, I'm just not as impressed. Do I think that he's very good? Yes. Do I think that for the next at least five plus years, Korea is going to do pretty darn well in San Francisco? Absolutely. I think it's going to work really well for his strengths. But I don't know. There's something about this deal that just makes me feel really uneasy for San Francisco. And I know I'm very much probably in the minority on that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to disagree here. Uh, I mean, I, I get you were saying that he was overhyped, but I think that when he went to Minnesota this year, he became underrated. You know, maybe it's because he was on an underachieving Twins team. But I mean, five point four wins above replacement in 136 games. If you wouldn't believe it, that's higher than Trey Turner had this year. You know, I, I, I I'm, I'm doing quick math here, but. 5.4, that, that's on pace for like a six-and-a-half win season. Turner had 4.9 in almost 162 games. So he actually was more productive than Turner. So that that that's my thing here is that I think because he went to an underachieving team, he became underrated. And also the Giants needed a middle-of-the-order bat. Remember in 2021 when they won 107 games, how all those guys, without, without a true superstar in their lineup, they won 107 games, they were – I think number one in the league in home runs, but they lacked a real star. And Correa is a star. So I think that they did what they needed to do. They've gone out. They've, you know, now they've signed Hanniger. They've signed Correa on the pitching side. They've signed Sean Manaya. They've signed Ross Stripling. Uh, and I think they're going to try to keep going now that they've lost Carlos Rodon. So I think the Giants are moving in the right direction. And, you know, because Croft, Brandon, Brandon Crawford came crashing down to earth after his career in 2021, I think they they were ready to pass the torch, and Correa is going to inherit that. So I I, I understand your 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 questions about the length of the contract. 13 years is a lot, and I know you pointed out he's six foot four. He's probably not going to stay at shortstop forever, but even if you move him to third base, he's a very effective player there. I think so. I, I the length is a bit questionable. But this was the guy, I think, for their their role. So fair enough, then. No, yeah, and I I understand that definitely the Giants needed a star last year. But one thing I've also seen is that the Giants have found ways to win with not the most amazing of casts. And to be fair, that really helps them get. Uh, that I might be that really helps the team save money, so then they can go and get other pieces and then be able to well round out that roster instead of just having to pay all your money to one or two players. But you know what? Again, that's just how it be. We're going to move on to another shortstop here as the next one on the docket here. Splash, I am so, so sorry, man. As Dansby Swanson has officially not signed with the Braves. He has gone and signed with another team. So Splash, I'll let you I'll let you break the news just because I feel like you have a lot more words to say about this than I do. Yeah. Um so uh Saturday afternoon Danzy Swanson signed a seven year one hundred seventy seven million dollar deal with the Chicago Cubs. He has a full no trade clause. Um you know I, I kinda I kinda expected it but it was quite, quite sad. Um, I think I can pretty safely say that if uh, Dansby, you know, isn't a brave, let's say he stays with Arizona the entire time and they don't get fleeced in the Shelby Miller deal, probably not as big of a Braves fan, probably not doing a baseball podcast with you guys, probably not writing baseball articles weekly. Um, so just Dansby's like the, the quintessential brave for me and was very, very big in getting me from like a casual Braves fan into being a, you know, diehard that watches 130, 140 games a year, pays for MLB TV, like watches games six times a week, listens on the radio, you know, 
um buying merch the first the first piece of Braves merchandise that I bought so no foam tomahawks that you just get from the stadium uh was Dansby Swanson shirt is right after he changed from two to seven his jersey number so it's just uh just a sad day because I I didn't really latch on to the Hayward and Kimbrell and um Freeman you know when they came up in 2010 2011 like I I didn't relate to them I didn't like they were baseball players. They were on, they were on my hometown team. That's cool. But Dansby was someone that I could, you know, root for, um, grow up with, cheer for, and watch him grow. And he had a phenomenal season. And the last, you know, if you go from October twenty twenty one through September twenty twenty-two, I mean, he checked off every single box you could ask for a player. A hometown kid wins the World Series with this team. Like and gets the final out of the World Series. And that's going to be a moment that I'll cherish forever. And makes his first all-star game, wins a gold glove, has, you know, his his best season. And it's something that as Braves fans, we had just been looking forward to. And we were giving him the benefit of the benefit of the doubt every year, saying he's getting better, he's getting better, he's, you know, good defensive player. And he goes on these crazy hot streaks. So maybe he gets maybe he extends that hot streak. Um, and this year he had a, a perfectly timed hot streak and made the all-star game, uh, got MVP votes for the second time in three years. And he's a special person, a special player and sucks to see him go to Chicago. Yeah. That's the thing is, you know, I feel like Freddie Freeman was a guy I never expected to leave the Braves. You know, there's certain players where you don't expect them to leave their team ever. And then Freeman left for the Dodgers and, that was a big shock to me. I think it was a big shock to everyone in the baseball world, uh, fans. Like n- nobody expected Freddie Freeman to go, and I feel like with Swanson again, it's one of those guys where I couldn't imagine him playing in a different uniform. You know, he's he like you said, he's a local kid. He's from Marietta. He went to Vanderbilt. Nashville's not too far away from Atlanta. I mean, he he was really local. And then he got you know he gets drafted by the D backs, and it, I remember him writing a big piece in the Players Tribune when he got traded to the Braves. You know, it means a lot for him to go play for his hometown team but I mean that's the thing is in sports as a whole player uh, one team players are such a dying breed I feel like no we saw that even in football Tom Brady even changed teams you know it felt like you know for the Falcons Matt Ryan it felt like Matt Ryan was never going to leave the Falcons Philip Rivers was going to leave the Chargers and it's just crazy how in, in sports nowadays that's just not a thing you know, we're not going to see as many Derek Jeters or Mariano Rivera's or Chipper Joneses. Like, you know, so unfortunately, I wasn't as surprised when Dansby Swanson left. Uh, the Cubs had made it clear that one of their primary goals this offseason was to get another shortstop so that Nico Horner could play second. They could have another guy play shortstop. And when they struck out on Correa, it became very clear Swanson was their guy. So I get Swanson, like, he strikes out a lot. He does hit for power, though. He steals a lot of bases. Was arguably the best defensive shortstop in baseball this year. That middle of the infield, that double play combo of Swanson and Horner, nothing's getting past them, I don't think. So, good signing by the Cubs. Obviously, I'm sure it'll sting for Braves fans. For the rest of the NL East, probably breathing a sigh of relief. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's crazy to me I that that he's gone and – I think the, the Cubs are are moving up in the world, and I'm curious to see what else they do this offseason. Yeah, I think the Cubs right now became a little bit more interesting right now because that infield now, I think that looks pretty good. Overall, yeah, there's definitely some problems there, but with Nico Horner and Dancy Swanson now up the middle, that's, I mean, I'll take that over a lot of middle infield duos, and then Nico Horner. Being as like uh, getting moved, uh, getting moved around, around, and then having other guys that are able to play some pretty good baseball. I feel like that infield looks pretty good, and we may be starting to see a bit more of the rise of the Cubs. Do they still have a lot of holes to fill? Yeah, I think they do. But right now, like this deal is a telling sign that the Cubs are ready to go and they're ready to try and fully compete again. Right now, in my opinion, it really does come down to how well does Dansby go in playing for another team? Because we always know with a lot of times, a lot of players will either come out of the gate hot like with a new team, or it'll take a little bit to acclimate. And I think with Swanson, though, we've seen well enough from him that he can do, 
he could do a lot of work here. I also like this is just a seven-year deal as opposed to, like, say, the Correa 13 year. Because Dansby, as well as, as much as Dansby is a very good shortstop, pretty good, he's also the same age as Correa. They're both 28. And they've both been in the league a similar amount of years. Correa's actually been in the league for just one more than Dansby. But I like what I see from him. Do I think that Dansby is better than Correa? No. But I do think this is still a strong move for the Cubs. And now they've also got guys like Nick Madrigal. They can now play around a little bit more with around the infield. So I like what I'm seeing from this deal. I think that it's going to be interesting more and more to see where his batting average lends up this season. Cause if I take a look through his career right now, his batting average was re- was pretty okay, but it has a steady up tilt all the way up until 2021 where it tanks and then goes right back on track again to a 277, which is the best batting average year of his career, aside from his uh, rookie year, well, first year at age 22 with the Braves, where he hit 302, but that was only at 38 games. That's 277 batting average came when he played all 162 games. That's nothing you're going to see from him. You're going to see a guy that is going to be able to play hard and a guy that you're just going to be able to slot into the order every single day and one that's going to give you good, reliable defense. So what what you did say, though, a moment ago, Mac, though, about being surprised about the deal, I wasn't fully surprised, but I did feel a little bit sad just because I knew how much he meant to Brace fans. I mean, like pulling the curtain back a little bit on this. Splash and I have talked about Swanson a good bit and I knew that Splash was going to feel bad about it. So, again, my apologies to you, uh, buddy. But um, overall, right now, I think that the shortstop market's finally now cooling off, which was, again, one of the biggest like stories coming into this offseason with guys like Swanson, like Correa, like Turner, that were all going to be finding new teams. So, with all that being said, is there anything more that we need to talk about when it comes to – Dansby Swanson and going to the Cubs. Um, I did read a tweet. I forget if it was a Braves fan that tweeted it. I think it was. Um, but he made a prediction that uh, Dansby Swanson would find himself on the either the best free agent signing of the offseason article or the worst free agent signing of the offseason article, um, just because Swanson's such a streaky player. And let me pose you this. Imagine if you told someone that Dansby Swanson would and get a $177 million deal on May 1st when he had a 644 OPS and had one home run. Then he goes on a, a heater for three months. So um, just Cubs fans, be prepared. He will strike out a lot. He set a record for striking out in consecutive games to be in the season, I, I believe, um, at least a National League record. Um, but when he's on, he's on. He helped us win a World Series, and he might help you win a World Series. Yeah, I think you know, the Cubs are going to be aggressive. You know, I think they they they, they are not done this offseason. I saw reports they want another middle of the order bat, and I think Swanson's a guy he could slot in anywhere in the order. You can bat him, you can bat him second, you can bat him lead off. You can basically anywhere one to nine, he'll do well. I think. Uh, like I said, strikeouts are my primary concern. He struck out 182 times this year, which is a career worst, but I think he's got enough power and speed to make up for it. Still 18 bases. And yeah, the Cubs, I think that's the best double play combo, at least defensively in the majors. I mean, Horner was a gold glo- gold glove caliber shortstop, moving him over to second where he's going to be even better, I think. I mean, the Cubs, they they know their division is winnable. And I think they, they are going for it. And bear in mind, they were eight games over 500 in the second half this year. They were 39-31, and they, they, you know, made a bit of a dent in the playoff race. They swept the Mets, and they swept the Phillies, both in September. So they they showed they could beat the good teams. I saw them beat the uh, the Orioles in Baltimore. So I'm excited to see what the Cubs do this year. I think they, they get they get another couple pieces. They're They're going to go places. I think the Cubs need more than more than just a couple of pieces, but overall, I think they're on the right track. And if they don't win, it's like they don't make playoffs this year. I they definitely do it in twenty twenty four. 
Like, right, was, they, they just have to keep systematically building. But we've also seen that the Cubs will just somehow find ways to win, even with having just a bunch of peewee baseball players on their team somehow. Anyway, we're going to move on here to a little bit of a specialty segment. You know, this is season here. And all of us have talked about players and talked about our specific teams. What do they need to do? In order to improve and you know as fans we like we like seeing some of these signings as like as like presents to us we're like oh hey thank you so much uh santa depoto for bringing us this player um so we thought we'd do something kind of like that here where it's going to be a fill in the blank little segment here and it's called what i want for christmas is so what's gonna happen is i'm gonna ask each both splash and mac and then i guess i'll ask myself or what you guys can ask just what you want from your favorite team to sign who do you want or what position so then you just what do you want to see from your team so we'll start with splash here for this one so splash splash if you are ready i would like to ask you one simple question i would like to ask you what do you want the braves to give you for christmas Thank you, Alex. Um, I want Adam Duvall in a Braves uniform again. Um, after Michael Harris came up and Adam Duvall shifted over to left field every day, he got a lot better at the plate, and he's one of the best defensive outfielders in the game. He was a, a gold glover in 2021 as a center fielder, and last year you know, was, has, has fine defensive metrics in center and really good defensive metrics in left field. And with Acuna a year removed from another year removed from ACL injury, um, a full season of Michael Harris. That's one of the best defensive outfields. Defensive outfields in the game. All of them have rocket launchers attached to their arms. Um, so I want Adam Duvall to play left field every day. You know the the hits the the plate is going to come and go. I get it. He strikes out a lot, but you know he can also hit thirty five home runs and <clears throat> lead the National League in RBI. And again, he's a, a great defensive player. So Adam Duvall is my Christmas wish. All right, an interesting gift here. We'll see if uh, uh, San Anthopolis will bring them your way. Now let's talk over to back here as Santa Cohen is here and would like to ask you a simple question. Mac, what would you like to see the Mets give you for Christmas? And the thing is, they've already crossed off so many of those uh christmas list items i was about that, to say you've already um, crossed off a lot of things off uh, that's the thing there, there are unfinished um well, there there are some unfinished things you know uh if i'm going with one if i'm just going to pick one it's uh a right-handed dh and one that is not darren ruff uh i'm sorry darren ruff but that was an, uh, that performance uh over the last you know, two months of the season was an abomination. Uh, you know, I, I so I, I write for another uh, Mets blog uh, called Metsmerized Online, and uh, they are asking for uh, the, the, we do end of season report cards, and uh, I, I don't think Darren Ruff will be getting higher than an F uh, for his performance. But, anyways, uh, yeah, so right handed hey DH, I, whether it means uh, Splash is gonna hate me for this, but. Whether it means Adam Duvall or AJ Pollock or literally anybody who can hit lefties better than Darren Ruff, by all means. Also, uh, we are uh, Met, Mets. The Mets are giving away uh, James McCann if anyone wants that for Christmas. I'm pretty sure that's the equivalent of getting coal in your stocking. If yeah, that's, ba- that's, ba- that's ba- I think that's basically what it is. <laughs> also, uh, hearing that great for Darren, uh, I would say that's a little bit rough. Anyway, um oh my, that was <laughs> that was almost as bad as Santopolis. Yeah, that was, Although, that was awful. Mac, uh, I will let you know that if you uh, sign Adam Duvall, uh, you're gonna have to trade him for Jesse Chavez in July, and then you're gonna cut Jesse Chavez, and Chavez will return to the Braves. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, Kelly Johnson's not active anymore. I was gonna say then the Mets could trade for Kelly Johnson again. What about uh the Bra- What about the Braves trading back for Frank Hoor from the from the booth again? We'll find out. About, what about that? Um, yeah. Then, then the A's <laughs> and the Astros can trade Jed Lowry again if he. <laughs> Jed, Jed Lowry still play baseball? That, I'm I, pr- I, probably. I, th- I think he may have been a figment of our imagination. 
who is Jed Lowry again? I vaguely remember him from this baseball superstars video game or something hey, like that. Or Jed yeah, Lowry well, did play the... in Major League Baseball last season. I I know that's the thing. I saw him play for Oakland, but I just remember when Brody Van Wagenham signed him to a two year contract, and he played. A, he got a whopping six at bats during his Mets tenure. So he, th- he that's was my impression. A reigning MVP vote getter. So yes, he was. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. All right. Does anyone want to ask me the question, or should I just ask the question to myself of Santa Depoto? Uh, uh, Alex, what do you want from Santa Depoto for Christmas? Uh, I want another corner outfielder. And this, I hear this one guy. It's Adam Duvall. Adam, do we do we all we all asking for Adam Duvall for Christmas? <laughs> well, no. Like, okay, it makes sense for Seattle as well, though. Because hear me out. So Seattle right now does need another corner outfielder, especially with Mitch Hanniger now with. Um, his hometown team of the San Francisco Giants. I think that right now, because the outfield at the moment looks like this. It is at this exact moment. It is Julio in center field, Sam Haggerty over in left. And then in right field, it's either going to be Dylan Moore or Jared Kelnick. And I look, I'm okay with having more, not more, excuse me, with having Kelnick, you know, platoon with another guy. You know, maybe an Adam Duvall, who can say so we're one lefty, one righty, and then having Dylan Moore be the ultimate utility man like he's always been meant to do. He's a good player that can play legitimately every position. And he has played, like, for when Ty France went down for a while, or no, sorry, when, um, I think it was when Seeger went down, a little bit ago, Ty France moved to third base and Dylan Moore played first. Like he could, he's legitimately played every position except for catcher and pitcher. And I'm pretty sure if you asked him nicely, he would do both of those as well. But no, I want Dylan Moore to be that ultimate utility guy. He's, I wanted to be a Mark McLemore, one that can play everywhere. You know, you're probably going to see him, you know, five out of the seven days of the week and then have someone else that have a platooning option in right field and i see that as being either having duvall there most of the time and then kelnick whenever you can or just having a full-on platoon situation and maybe you know because uh, i want i value having good defense out in the outfield i really especially with watching julio with how fast he just covers everything sam Haggerty makes these incredible catches i mean my god last year before he got injured sam Haggerty was putting on espn sports center top 10 plays it seemed like on the daily so i want to i want to see sam Haggerty in a more prominent role i think they're going to with how well he produced last year before uh getting injured and and of course something's gonna happen to julio like no julio's not going anywhere knock on wood so I think that at that point, the only real hole at that point is right field. Because first base, you got Ty France. Second base, you now have the newly acquired Colton Wong. You have shortstop at J.P. Crawford. Third base, Eugenio Suarez. The big dumper himself, Cal Raleigh, uh, over behind the dish. And a pretty solid starting rotation as well as a pretty darn good bullpen. Right field right now is the biggest hole for this team. And Seattle has not spent a whole lot of money on free agents. In fact, really the only big move they've done this offseason is trade away Winker and Toro for Colton Wong and Cash. So I I don't see why not at this point. You've got the money, and you're not going to sign for probably more than two, three years. Go for it. I think it's a smart play overall. I just want to see if anyone had anything to say about that. This <laughs> the idea. No, that, no, that, that was, we, that was we realistic. All... Uh, because, yeah. you know, I, I sometimes keep forgetting they trade Kyle Lewis. That's the thing. Uh, Look, Kyle Lewis wasn't going to be playing balls, as much as it makes uh, well, sense. I mean, with, Han- with Hanniger gone, I mean, with, what, Cooper Hummel? Well, I mean, here's the problem. Uh, maybe, so I mean, the... just. I want Lewis to play. I really do. But the problem is, I've watched him play since he tore his knee the second time. Yeah. And he's not the same. He does not have the mentality of a ball player anymore. He looked scared. It was sad that I went and watched a single A game, like a short season A ball game on 4th of July, where Kyle Lewis was the DH. He wasn't even playing defense. He was just playing DH. And when he's hitting weak dribblers off of short season A ball rookie pitching, that's 
a troubling sign. And the fact that he was batting right around the Mendoza line in the minors. Like, I love Kyle Lewis. I really hope that he gets everything together with the Diamondbacks and he plays really good baseball and is a great corner outfielder for them. But if he continues the way that he's on, it's it's sad. And right now our best corner outfield spot aside from Haggerty is realistically Kelnick right now. And Kelnick has been being real here. Bit of a disappointment. Uh, so- I, I, I wonder if, if Kelnick is going to stick around long-term. Just, you know, he, he, he's, he struggled so badly that I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to stay. And now as we get to near the end of the show, it is now time for our trivia segment, the devastating battle between Splash and Mac. It's been an interesting couple of weeks in the challenge. I am your trivia master, Alex Clark. And, you know, gentlemen, we've been doing a lot of knockout challenges lately. And you know what? I feel like we could keep doing that, but I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist on here for you today. We've been talking a lot about mega deals that have happened. Well, in order to sign a mega deal, you need to have a lot of money and you need to spend a lot of money to sign a mega deal. So what I want you guys to do, going in order from top to bottom, name all the teams that have spent the most money. Starting with the team that has spent the most money in guaranteed cash, in money that is already committed to from the 2022-2023 offseason so far. This is all the data I have here is as of December 17th, two days before the day of this recording. So with there anything that's happened in the last two days is not being put in that, just letting you guys know that off the rip. But what I want you all to do here, and I will be keeping track of you by points this time, as you will go from whoever spent the most money and then down from there, all the way down, because there have been 28 of the 30 Major League franchises that have spent even $1 in free agency so far. There have been two teams that have not. Those two are the Marlins and the Brewers as of this list. So from that, I'm going to flip a coin here, and whoever lands on it, will go first. We're not letting you choose because this time just there's no disadvantage yet going first this time. So do you guys understand the rules? Do you guys have any questions? Oh, one thing I should make a mention of is that if one of you gets it wrong, you do get an X and the other person gets to try and make the gets to try and make the play. But if you guys both get it wrong, we do not move on. You guys will keep guessing until you get it. Whoever gets the most correct answers will win. Sound good? Roger that. All righty. So I have my notebook. I have my pen. And I have the answers in front of me. Gentlemen, I will let... Splash, I believe you are the recent winner, if I remember correctly. So I will let you call it. Heads or tails? Uh, Tails never fails. Tails did not fail. You get the first play here. So I have... With me, the list again, like I've said, it is as of December 17th of 2022. So, a couple days uh, past of this, I just need to know from you all. Starting with you, Splash, what team has spent the most money in at least pay going to be paid out, committed to money this offseason? Uh, my first guess is the uh, New York Metropolitans. New York Metropolitans is incorrect yeah i had had a feeling there that's first strike from such mag you can get the first point here what team has spent the absolute most going with the the bronx team the the new york yankees new york yankees is correct let's go the yankees the yankees have spent in guaranteed already uh promised money 537.5 million yeah, that's the thing is they haven't signed as many players as the Mets, but they've given out 360 to Judge and 162 <laughs> to Rodon. So exactly. Yeah, All right. So Mac already a two-thing lead right now, but this point with one with having one point and Splash having a strike against his name. Splash, you're up next. What is the next name that is signed 
a metric truckload of money? Um, I'm going to go with the San Francisco Giants. That is correct. $463.2 million. All right, Mac, back to you. The third team on this list. I'm going to go with the New York Mets. New York Mets is correct. Only being only being just shy of the Giants by 1.5 million. All right. Splash, the fourth team. Um I will go with the Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Phillies is correct. 387 million dollars spent in the offseason. All right. Now Man. back to Splash. Both of you now with two points, but Splash does have a strike. This is tough. I'm trying to mm-hmm. uh the San Diego Padres. Padres is correct. $326 million. All right. Right now, Mac has been perfect. Splash. Where do we go next? Uh, I will go with the Chicago Cubs. And going with the Chicago Cubs will give you your third point. You are correct. The Cubs have spent a total of $265.3 million. All right, Mac, back to you. Who else has spent yeah, a is, lot of money? This is tough. I'm trying to remember who's who else has given out a big contract this offseason. Who? Big free agents who've signed, man. Uh, uh, the Texas Rangers. Your boy Degrom has gotten you another point. You are four for four, as the Rangers have spent away two hundred twenty nine point seven million. All right. So far, so good. Here, Splash. You are up next. I need the eighth. Biggest spender in the MLB. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna stay in Texas and go with Houston. Houston Astros. Houston Astros have gotten you your second strike. All right, Mag, a dominating lead when it comes to strikes. Can you say what is the ATV? Oh, right now it's not the Astros. Man, that's tough. I'm trying to like. I'm just trying to think of like the big contracts this offseason. I, I will say this, and this isn't so much of a hint more than anything. This is kind of where we get to the drop-off here yeah, from the huge, huge, huge stuff to the slightly more reasonable. Okay, I'm going to go with the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox have earned you your first strike. Well, then, okay. Uh, so, all right. And like I said earlier, we're not leaving until we get past this. So how this is going to work, Splash, if you get this wrong, Mac, you have to get it right. Otherwise, we keep the game going. It has to be a definitive victory. Splash, you already know it's not the White Sox and it's not the Astros. What team is the eighth biggest spender this offseason? I will go with the, the Devil Magic, St. Louis Cardinals. Splash, you've given Mac a chance to win. It is not the Cardinals. Yeah, that was going to be my next guess. Ah, All right. Okay, um, this is Splash, you're not out of it just yet. Mac, if you can get this one right, then you will win. If not, then you keep going. I, I, but you will not earn a strike from it. You will not earn a strike if you get this one. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. Who who else? I, I I'm trying to even think who else has signed like somewhat hefty contracts. Um, this is probably wrong, but I'm going to go with the Angels. Splash, you're still in it. It's not the Angels. All right, you've narrowed it down to a good number of teams here, but Splash, it's still up to you here. You still have two strikes, but. You're playing now on borrowed time. What team is the eighth biggest spender? 
And this is, like I said, this drop-off is what I was kind of talking about, that it gets a lot harder. To give you guys both kind of a quote-unquote hint for this, if you doubled this team's spending, if you doubled this team's spending, you would just barely beat out how much the Rangers spent. By like $10 million to $20 million. Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox are the correct answer as you've got yourself. I don't know why points. I didn't think of this. I, I completely forgot about the Yoshida contract. Yep, the Yoshida uh, contract is there. Okay. All right, Mac, it's to you with the ninth team. Ninth team. And right. to give you guys both a big big thing here, we are now at the point where these teams, none of these teams have committed more than $100 million. All right, then. Uh Let's see who else is giving out money this off season. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros. The Astros have given you your fifth points. All right. Let's go. We're still going at this splash. You're next with the 10th biggest spender of the off season. Uh, I will go with the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Devil Magics have given you your fifth points. All right, Mac, back to you. The 11th biggest spender. You also still lead with only having one strike as opposed to splashes two. I'm going to go with the White Sox again. The White Sox for the 11th biggest spender has gotten you your sixth point. You are correct. Let's go. Uh, all right, you guys seem to hit your Missing out on Boston for 20,000 times. So, all right, Splash, back to you. <laughs> I'm here just to make you guys feel bad. No. Um, uh, Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays with the uh, yep, the 12th, and that is correct. Blue Jays have spent $72 million in money. All right, back well, so to you. Getting- I need the 13th. Okay. So we're getting towards the shallow end, I feel like. Uh, we're still in the, we're still in the top half of the team, mind you. I know that's the problem, is that oh man. I'm trying to think who else is um who, who else even signed this offseason? I'm trying to think of like who the big free agents were. Although now I feel like we're not even at the big free agent market. Uh I am going to go with. I'm still thinking this through. Take your time. All right. Thinking of all the teams and all the divisions. And this is uh, it's not so easy. <laughs> it's not. No, I was. I said I was proud when I came up with this trivia round. Yeah. Wow. Um. I. I'm going to go with, yeah, I'll go with the Angels. Why not? He goes with the Angels. And he is correct. Gets the points and still only has one strike. We are now 13 teams in. Splash. What team is next? Uh, I'll stay in Los Angeles and go with the Dodgers. It feels weird to say the Dodgers haven't spent a whole lot of money right now, but you are correct. As we are now 14 teams that we are halfway through the list of teams that have spent money. So, Mac, it is back to you. The 15th biggest. And, say, because, yeah, the Dodgers really have not spent money. It feels uh, weird saying that, doesn't it? They've only really signed J.D. Martinez and Clayton Kershaw. I can't even think of who else they've signed. Uh not Trey Turner. Yeah, not Trey Turner, not Justin Turner. Uh, oh, they signed Noah Syndergaard, I know. They signed Sheldon Miller. Uh, and Jason Hayward for some reason. Uh, yeah, I need the right. 15th. 15th. Ah, uh, man. So, I'm bad at counting, so I don't know how much money they've actually spent. Uh, uh, give you guys this. Uh, we are now a couple teams into that have spent less than $50 million. Less than fifty million. Okay, mm-hmm. the team that has spent the most money without spending over fifty is the Dodgers, who spent forty-four point five. Oh, in that case, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. 
The raise is incorrect what? and your second strike. All right, this is in sudden death now. Remember, a wrong answer does not lose you the game, but it does give your opponent a chance to win it. All right, Splash, the 15th biggest spender. Um, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. Splash. Mac has a chance to beat you right here, right now. All right, Mac, if you can get the 15th yeah, biggest spender, wow. you will be today's winner. And I believe your first win of this official challenge now. Yeah, man, the Guardians were my next guess. Ah, okay. So now I have to now I have to do some thinking again. Uh, I'm not it's not good. your strongest suit. Not your strongest I suit. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not always great at doing the thinking thing. I mean, obviously, um, look at me. I'm making Alex Santopoulos jokes. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so who else? Who else has even spent money? I th I I I thought I, I thought I had it with Tampa Bay, but uh, I I I have to do the think thinking of what teams are in the league. Also, sometimes uh, uh, and who could could have spent uh to while you're thinking i'll read out the teams that have already been like revealed in order through one through 14 we've had the yankees giants mets phillies padres cubs rangers bow Sox, astros cardinals white Sox, blue jays angels and dodgers those are our top 14 in order hmm okay and again still Still stuck. I have to go, you know, division by division. Uh, I will go with the. Uh, I don't know if they actually. That's a lie. I, I'm, you know, I I don't know if they've actually spent any money, but I'll go with the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves is not correct. Yeah, I figured. All they right, spent Matt, like zero. I <laughs> Splash, you're back in this. What is um, your guess? I'm gonna roll with the Minnesota Twins. Mac, it's your go. A Splash got it right. It is the Twins. Yeah. What? Forty one million dollars. Oh well, in that case, I'm going with the Rays next. And you're correct at forty yeah. million exactly for the Rays. Yeah, exactly. They signed Zach Eflin. That's it. <laughs> All right. L largest Splash. largest contract in team history, by the way. Forty million. Three... Definitely not for guys like you know, uh, Croft, Carl Crawford, or uh, Evan Longoria. Yeah, lar largest free agent contract. Longoria got an extension, but it was oh okay. It wasn't a free yeah, agent signing. Sense. That makes wasn't sense. Okay. Wander the largest contract in franchise history, and he hadn't even played a hundred games yet. Yeah, yeah and pre pre right. previously yeah. it was Wilson Alvarez. All right, oh, Splash, it's back to you. I need the seventeenth. Rays were sixteen. Well, uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland. I got them wrong earlier, but let's go Cleveland. Am I going? Cleveland, you get yourself another point. All right. This sudden death may go the distance. We'll see here. Mac, it's your guess next. The Guardians spent $39 million. Yeah, I'm assuming most of that is with Josh Bell. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, Probably be correct. Yeah. Um, and again, trying to trying to do that thinking thing, which I'm not always good at. Um, Same. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember like what. Man, I, uh, it's the remembering what teams exist. Um, uh, no, nah, it doesn't make any sense. I am going. Uh, man, this is tough. So they they spent thirty nine million. Uh, we know what teams didn't spend it all. Uh, nah, I think they're too low. I, I'm. Uh, I am going to go with. 
The Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers is incorrect. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I didn't think Splash, they were. Splash. Yeah. Your chance to win it. What team is the 18th biggest spender? Um, I will go with uh the Washington Nationals. Splash. Mac is still in the game. All right, Mac, it's back to you. Oh uh, my other god! Other teams are there that assign that assign anybody really? Yeah, that's that's the thing is remembering who signed people. Um, so I don't. This is because now this isn't a knockout at that point. I can give you this after this team. There is another mini drop off. I, so. I figure. Um. God, I, it, it, it's it, it's tough to remember who signed players. Um, man, I I'm going to go with. No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, man, it's difficult. Uh. I'll go with the Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies are incorrect. Splash on the chance to win. Um, I will admit, like, look at this. This was a little bit surprising, but then I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, thanks. <laughs> but, no, that isn't a. I mean, that isn't really like much of a hint. I was just kind of talking aloud too. So. Okay. Uh. Well, now. Oh, okay. Now, now I'm confused. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um. So. Uh. You said it's surprising. Um. So I'm. I'm going to take it. It's not like a team that you think is a pretty big spender. Um. Uh, let's go with Oakland. Splash. You have won today's trivia. That was going to be Oakland Athletics have spent $31 million in free agency this offseason. There's no way. And they are the 18th team. First of all, they should be known as the Atlanta Braves quadruple A affiliate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> true, actually, yeah. So who have they um, signed? They're no, the, what? They're no longer the New York Yankees quadruple A affiliate. So oh, here's I forgot they signed Trevor May. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yep. Got so <laughs> the rest of the list here for you after the Athletics, we had a drop off because the Athletics signed for thirty one signed signed thirty one million dollars in contracts. Next closest is Detroit. With 18.5, followed by the Baltimore Orioles with 18, tied with the Nationals at 18. Uh, both of them have signed the exact same amount. Pirates uh, then signed 17.4, followed by the Rockies with only 8.5. Then it's the Diamondbacks with 3.5, the Royals with 3, the Reds with 1.8, the Mariners with 1.2, and the, the Braves with 875K. Yep. Which I find really funny that I think Matt, you're the one that said Braves like in the first half. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, we, we've we've spent new money. It, yeah, no. Now we will spend money hopefully on Adam Duval. Um so. hopefully the Mariners will spend money on Adam Duval. I, I do think it's but, hilarious I, that all three of us chose Adam Duval as our Christmas present. I think that's yeah. really funny. <laughs> I, I didn't we didn't plan that at all. I didn't say anything, but <laughs> yeah. I, I was torn between like going with a shortstop, like an Adamus, like saying swap Grissom for Adamus or something like that. But then we all say Adam Duvall. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only two teams that have not spent a single dime on free agency where you could outspend them by going to McDonald's and purchasing a McChicken uh, would be the Marlins and the Brewers who have spent a not a bill. So with that being said, we are going to end off today's, broadcast as we have been ending starting with our last uh our last go through we are doing the what we call the moment to ourselves here where we spend 60 seconds 
just talking about whatever's on our mind. It can be baseball related, it doesn't have to be. Um, does anyone want to go first? If not, I got something I could say. But okay, Splash, you're gonna go first. You're 60 seconds. You can go a little bit over, go a little bit under. I'll give you a little signal when sure. your time is up. But my friend, it is now on to you. So I don't know what what idiot decided that professional sports had to have injuries, but I need that idiot to like reverse this decision. I am tired of players I like getting injured and missing time and like not fulfilling their potential. And I'm looking at you, Mr. Byron Buxton, who had a monster season at 28 home runs in 90 games, but no, he has to get injured and has to sit random days because his knees are made of wet tissue paper. Holy Christmas. This guy would probably be better than Mike Trout. If he could just play 150, not even 162 games, just 145 games, 150 games. He'd be an eight war player. He'd be a hall of famer. Ah, I hate injuries. I just hate injuries. Buxton is uber talented. He checks off every single box. He has the power. He can sometimes hit for contact. He has crazy speed. He has crazy glove. He has a good arm. Stop getting injured. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, my favorite player of all time is Ken Griffey Jr., so I understand. <laughs> all right, Mac, would you like to do next or you want me to go? Uh, you can go. All righty. So I am putting 60 seconds on the clock for myself. Ready, set, go. All right. Last week, I talked about how uh, former WSU head coach and, uh, excuse me, and uh, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach went into cardiac arrest and was unresponsive. It is now official. He um, he has passed away, and it is something that really hit me a lot harder than I was expecting. Um, I met Coach Leach a couple of times. I was at the pressers and got to see his office. All of us, I would shake his hand. And honestly, like as much as he may not have been like the greatest humanitarian in the world, he was still a good guy and has touched so many people in, um, is like in not just football, but in college life too. And just in the sports world, he was truly a one of a kind individual and there will never ever be another Mike Leach. So I encourage everyone to swing your swords for Mike Leach. All right. And with that here, I'll now pass it over to Mac for your moment to yourself. All right. Thank you, Alex. So I, I my, my bit is, so uh, we obviously Mets fans, uh, you know, I, I spoke a little bit about the, the Mets last week, but, uh, you know, this offseason, while the Mets have brought in a lot of uh, free agents, they've, all, they've also seen guys depart. Uh, you know, we we saw Taiwan Walker leave recently, Chris Bassett, Trevor May. Uh, today, Seth Lugo left. I feel like, you know, Bassett and Walker and May have all taken time to thank the fans. You know, notice who I didn't mention in here. That is Jacob deGrom. And it, it's very disappointing to see that. DeGrom's legacy all of a sudden has sort of been tarnished by by himself, basically. Like, Mets fans, I feel like now don't view him the same way. You know, Kodai Senga, who got introduced today, uh, he was picking his uniform number, and a lot of people were saying he should pick 48. And now I, I just want the least he can do is to come out and thank the fans. That's all I ask for from Jacob DeGrom. I think, yeah, regardless of how you feel about an organization and all that, like, I think you still need to at least say a thank you to the people that have, you know, bought your jersey, to the people that have supported you for years. I, I think it's a little classless, but at the same time, I also understand, like, yeah. if he really had that much hatred towards it, then why would you? But even then, I don't, I don't think the fans fully deserve it. I know you New York fans can be horrible. Oh, yeah, we are, we are, we are very tough. We're tough, we're a tough crowd to please. <laughs> Yeah, you know. but at the same – and I, I can also understand the idea of him maybe not wanting to, like, you know, reward that. But at the same time, that he's given so much to the franchise. Like, I feel like – just like a tweet or something would be really nice. Well, yeah, he, does, he doesn't really use social media. That's a thing. Uh, it's just like, you know, the Rangers come to town in late August this coming year, and at this rate, he might, he might get booed. I mean, that's that's Oof. what I'm worried about. 
Is, you know, they, they play a whole no. hi- highlight montage and he gets booed like Noah Syndergaard did this summer. I really hope that when uh, Seattle plays the Giants, as I think they do this year, uh, when Seattle plays the Giants, that we give Mitch Hanniger a standing ovation because he oh, yeah. freaking deserves it. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure he'll get a highlight montage, too. You know, I oh, he better. Se- Se- Seattle's w- – I feel like the Mariners – in their fan bases, they're a little more forgiving when it comes to fans of uh, players. Oh, we also love Mitch Hanniger still. Like, yeah, exactly. Dang. Well, no, like legitimately, I still want just, I think I really hope that when he comes uh, to Seattle, that there are signs out there that say, where is that? Like, you ended this effing drought. I, I, that needs to happen anyway, but I think that's going to do it for our show. today. thank you so much to you guys for listening in here. Thank you so much. To Splash, you can go follow Splash at Mr. Splashman19 on Twitter. You can go follow Mac on Twitter. And thank you, Mac, as well. Go follow him at Matthias underscore A underscore K. You can also go follow me on Twitter at the Sports Guy 242. But from all of us here at Losses Above Replacement, we want to thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you want to celebrate this time of year. And I hope to see you all real soon.